Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello, everyone. Uh, Glad you could join me. Talked a little bit yesterday about the NFL slate and the results. uh, And we didn't talk too much about the NBA kickoff. Uh, uh, You know, two-game slate, a lot going on. Uh, So uh, you can overreact a tad. One thing I didn't get to talk about, but probably should have, is Golden State. Because people got to see Steph Curry back on the court for Golden State. And how bad the Warriors looked against uh, the Nets. The Nets have one of the deepest teams in the league. Uh, you know, in spite of KD and uh, Kyrie. And I will still say this long term. The reason why I am down on the Nets. I don't think that relationship between KD and Kyrie is sustainable long term. Short term, yes. The first half of the regular season, yes. I think that second half of the season when the grind starts getting real, uh, you know, it's a reduced schedule with only 72 games and more compressed schedule. I think they start wearing on each other real quick. So I think you're going to see some dissension in the ranks with the Nets, which is why I was down on them uh, with the Vegas line being at 44 and a half wins. I took the under. I think they were going to come in right around 43, 44 wins. I just don't see them breaking that threshold Again, with their 15 games over 500, I, I, you know, could it happen? Yeah, it could. I, I just, I, I just don't see it with a 72 game schedule. I don't see them being at like that 15 games over 500 type of team. I, I think, you know, a team that a lot of folks are sleeping on would be more Philly. I think Philly takes that division. I think Philly takes that division pretty easily, to be honest. I think Doc Rivers is the kind of coach that can actually get the best out of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Now, will they be a good playoff team? I still have no idea because we don't know what Ben Simmons is going to be able to do. But I think Doc Rivers can tell him, hey, I had Rajon Rondo, you know, I know you can't shoot very well, but we're still going to get you to take more shots. We're just not going to force the issue. I think he can get Ben Simmons out of his own head and feeling more confident about his game where he can let it flow, even if he's not as successful shooting from the perimeter, because that's really what it takes. He just has to give the illusion that he could take a mid-range jump shot, uh, a pull-up jump shot. It's not the most efficient shot, 
But even if he develops a floater, it would be more or less uh, a dramatic leap forward, which is actually something Giannis needs to do. But that's another story entirely. We'll, we'll get to the Bucks. But yeah, I don't. I don't buy the story on the Nets. I don't think they're nearly as strong as people think uh, uh, they are. I think it's a very real possibility that Golden State really is that bad, which is why I took I bet very much on the under for Golden State. When I saw Golden State's win total being at thirty eight and a half wins, and that, the the win totals are still up, but it, you know, to me that was one of the easier bets to kind of go on. Uh, you know, even though the juice was already baked in at thirty eight and a half wins, that Golden State uh, being minus one forty five. I probably say I still probably take it under thirty five wins. I don't think Golden State's very good, mainly because I think Andrew Wiggins one of the most overrated players in the entire league. I still don't understand the fascination with Andrew Wiggins. You know, for, former overall number one pick from Duke, none of his game has translated into the NBA the way people thought it would. They thought he might be that piece uh, in Cleveland to supplant LeBron when LeBron left. You know. It, it, I'm sorry. There's just nothing there. There is nothing there, folks. I I, I don't know what else to say. Not, there's nothing. There's nothing there. The uh, the shooting isn't there. The finishing at the hoop isn't there. He plays no defense. Situational awareness is uh, minimal. I, I just I can't find anything nice to say about Andrew Wiggins's game at the NBA level. You know, there's a reason why uh, everyone mocks Andrew Wiggins because it's it's necessary. It, he truly is one of the uh, uh, biggest jokes in the NBA. And actually, I can't believe I said he was uh, Duke. I, I meant Kansas. Uh, I had to correct myself there. Uh, you know, it, that's a blatant error on my part. I, it, it just seems as though with the pedigree that like hidden <laughs> hype behind Andrew Wiggins, you'd swear he, uh, he, he played for Duke. Uh, maybe that's what I had in my mind, but you know, I, I just can't, I can't get over how much, uh, he, he gets ranked. It, you know, it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, Actually, you know why? It, it, it was the Andrew Wiggins-Jabari Parker draft. So uh, Parker was the Duke guy. Wiggins was the Kansas guy. Neither one. They were both busts in the NBA. <laughs> like, like let's, let, let's just call it what it is. It, like, it, it, Jabari Parker in the NBA bust. Andrew Wiggins is also a bust. I, 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 I legitimately cannot say anything good about Andrew Wiggins' game. The fact that Golden State traded for him, uh, and actually this was uh, part part of the the thing was uh, he was selected by the uh, the Cavs. This was part of the let uh, let's uh, let's ma- make a trade uh, uh, to bring in uh, Kevin Love. Uh, so this was the whole thing was uh, you know you, LeBron wasn't interested in Andrew Wiggins's game. And you know, maybe LeBron it really is a better NBA GM than most uh, people uh, give him credit for. Uh, but uh, you know, he he just said, "I want Kevin Love here." And guess what? It was the right move because if it was 
LeBron playing with Andrew Wiggins, LeBron would have had him deep sixed ages ago. Uh, you know, I, I just, I don't see it. I really don't see where Andrew Wiggins' game actually fits in the NBA. And, you know, it's going to be a long season in Golden State. I thought with uh, Stephen Clay coming back, Andrew Wiggins would have been able to hide a bit. With Clay Thompson done for the year, I mean, it's just Stephen Draymond. We know Draymond brings nothing to, to the table offensively. You know, Kelly Oubre is a piece, but, I mean, you know, he's not going to do anything for you. Uh, the bottom line is that it it really just comes down to uh, Andrew Wiggins actually being uh, the number two in Golden State. And I, there's nothing in his game, to, from my perspective, that would actually say that this uh, Golden State thing would work out. The only thing was having goodwill to the Warriors in their system that they could unlock Andrew Wiggins' game. If last night was any indication, it this will be an unmitigated disaster. So I don't know what else you could say about Andrew Wiggins last night performance wise. You know, it's uh, you know I I I don't know what else to, to say. Like the Warriors are kind of stuck with him uh, to figure out uh, if uh, they can. Uh, Make Andrew Wiggins work because it's not as though you can really trade him either. Like he's just one of those contracts where it's just like they kind of made that piece of it. Uh, you know, and that's why I kind of thought, you know, for better or for worse, they were kind of better off with uh, just uh, even though he didn't really fit either was D'Angelo Russell's uh, uh, contract because at least you know he could come off the second unit once you had uh, Stephen Clay back together. But, man, uh, Andrew Wiggins, I I just – I don't know. I just don't see it whatsoever. So, uh, with that being said, you had the Lakers play the Clippers last night. It was the Lakers ring ceremony. They came out flat. Clippers punched them in the mouth. It was beginning in the NBA regular season. You know, neither team looked that great, to be perfectly honest. Uh, You know, I checked out at halftime. I uh, caught the highlights afterwards that, you know, there really wasn't all that much to write home about with the game. Uh, doesn't really tell us much about either team. Lakers will be fine. Clippers will be right there too. Uh, you know, as much as we rail on Paul George, uh, he will still be productive. It all comes down to what happens in the postseason and whether or not Kawhi is able to get something out of Paul George, which time and again has proven to be the case. There's nothing there with Paul George when it comes to pressure situations. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's still way early in the NBA season. But the one area I want to address real quickly, uh, and part of the reason why I didn't do rankings, you know, again, I think you're going to see a lot of disruption in the NBA this year. And part uh, part of it is not having the bubble. You're having an indoor sport in the COVID environment you're going to get positive cases. That's something that, you know, I think both sides, both the owners and players like have come to expect. What you can't have is the James Harden situation where you're trying to get yourself traded like a, a complete clown. It's just a, another joke. I mean, James Harden has been partying with rappers during training camp 
And now the footage came out from over the weekend that he was partying at a strip club. He's claiming it wasn't a strip club. The place is actually a strip club. So whether it was a strip club or a party that happened to be at a place that frequently operates as a strip club doesn't matter. James Harden is violating COVID protocols. He's had direct interactions with Rockets players. Uh, from what I'm seeing right now, we're uh, this is during lunchtime, but like basically, you've got uh, Russell Westbrook and John Wall. I mean, I'm saying uh, I'm I'm mixing up uh, John Wall and Russell Westbrook. You got John Wall and Boogie Cousins being sent home uh, because of uh, possible COVID violations in terms of contact tracing. There is just too much going on right now where you what are you going to do there is so little uh there's so little actual accountability taking place here that the NBA is going to have to step in i mean a good rule of thumb about whether or not a place can be called a strip club is if you have a number of parties that involve strippers technically you could be considered a strip club i'm just saying Probably just rule of thumb. But, you know, regardless, uh, because they're saying Harden has had some interaction with teammates. But the other reason why the other uh, Rockets players are in quarantine is that uh, you had a number of other players all getting haircuts at a private location uh, to get uh, haircuts that wasn't actually uh, sanctioned uh, away from team premises. So, again, everyone's getting their specialized cuts. And all together in a high cluster area that they couldn't validate. So now you're going through COVID protocols. You know, this is a mess. And you're probably going to end up with Rockets players getting ruled out. And the NBA not being able to put together, well, the Houston Rockets not being able to field a proper roster. Does the NBA postpone a game? Do they have to forfeit? These are very real questions. It's NBA tip-off in a couple of hours, and we don't know if there's actually going to be an actual uh, game between the Rockets and uh, the Thunder. I mean, because neither team is going anywhere, it seems, this year, if, uh, you know, with the James Harden situation, like it's going to be a mess. But the impact of James Harden has already been felt. The Rockets have to deal with the James Harden situation, but realistically, the NBA needs to deal with the James Harden situation because if he's flagrantly trying to get himself traded, you have to start docking his pay. It, it, you know, no matter what the Players Association is uh, going to allege, direct violation of health and safety protocols has to be first and foremost. It has to be. So there could be honest mistakes, but when you're flagrantly trying to piss everyone off to get yourself traded and violating health code to do so, that's crossing the line. Like that's where the NBA needs to put its foot down. It's a, we all know it's a player's league, but this is actually one of the times that the NBA actually needs to set some ground rules because if you don't, you're going to have more situations like this uh, throughout the year. And, and, is strict adherence. You're like, you didn't want to do the bubble. The players didn't want to do the bubble, but they have to be responsible enough because if now we're starting to impact the actual on the court product and you can't have games and you're violating the regional contracts, we're going right back to the same situation. Why the bubble 
had to exist in the first place because of the amount of revenue the league owes its cable partners uh, and regional sports networks for games uh, being played. It's as simple as that. So it's a monetary thing, even more than just, hey, uh, you need to do your job, buddy. So uh, with that being said, uh, I'll give my quick takes on NBA rankings. Uh, to me, in this kind of season format, like trying to do a season-long league, it's insane. I, I wouldn't uh, say there's any way to do that. To me, the way to play it would be either if you're not going to do DFS, then you do a best ball format. And, you know, in terms of best ball formats, that would be going through underdog fantasy. Uh, you could do a full season-long uh, stretch there on the underdog or you can do a nightly stretch where it's similar to DraftKings or FanDuel, but you're just drafting players uh, instead of putting together a roster. But in terms of fantasy production, Giannis would be number one. Luka Doncic, number two. I'm not even ranking Harden anywhere in my top ten, just to be perfectly blunt, because I don't know what Harden's going to do. I don't know if if he's actually going to show up to work. You can't have James Harden anywhere near your top 10, in my opinion. Can't do it. There's no way to do it with this Houston situation not uh, uh, squared away. So to me, uh, Harden's out of the top 10 entirely. Uh, you know, the rest of the top 10, you know, you can make your cases for. I've got Tatum and Le- uh, LeBron uh, at three and four. Five. I've got Anthony Davis, six, Dame, seven, you know, I got, I actually got Kevin Durant, and then uh, you follow that up with eight and nine being Russ, uh, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. I know people have Bradley Beal ranked in the 20s. I got Bradley Beal in the top 10 easily. Russell Westbrook, you know, for all the faults you can make out of him, you know, he definitely boosts up the offensive production of uh, players wherever he goes. He made Paul George relevant. <laughs> like, I don't care what anyone says. Like, Paul George was never better offensively than he was with Russell Westbrook. And actually having a true shooter in Bradley Beal takes Russ right back to where he was when he had KD. I think the Wizards have a legitimate chance to win that division. And I think they have, like, the hot take for me is, I think the Wizards in the East could win fifth. I think they could win, uh, if this was a true, like, 82-game season, I think the Wizards would be capable of winning 50 games. They're not going to win 50 games in this reduced format for 72, but I think they can win 45 games. I think they can win 45 games. Their their uh their actual win total for uh for the year is actually uh in the thirties. Uh, I mean they were at thirty three wins uh, as pegged uh, to me. One of the easiest bets, and I hammered it hard, was over thirty three wins. I think the Wizards, like people are thinking that the Wizards are a sub five hundred team. I I I can't understand how anyone would actually believe that they're a sub-500 team. I think they're well uh, and above that. So I hammered that entirely. Uh, I was trying to find other lines uh, to get more Wizards action, to be honest. Uh, but, 
you know, to me, the Wizards are one of the best bets for a win total this year, you know, provided, you know, obviously uh, things can go sideways uh, with uh, the way uh, the NBA season is at the moment. You know, we don't know. But I'm just saying, on paper, if you give me Russell Westbrook with Bradley Beal, we know Russ is going to do what he does. If Bradley Beal is, you know, efficient in the same fashion he's been over the last couple of years by himself because John Wall's been injured, I, I just, I look at the Wizards and, like, to me, it's a slam dunk. They're well over a 500 team, and they probably win 40-plus games. Like, I think the Wizards are the surprise team no one's talking about. I really think the Wizards are there. You know, we'll see. But I think, to me, uh, the uh, the Wizards are definitely a play. I wish, I wish there were more bets I could make on the Wizards' win totals uh, beyond the 33. Because I think if you gave them a 38, a 38 and a half, I, I, I'd be betting that the over on that one too. I really think the wizards are going to be a team to be reckoned with, uh, throughout. Another team that I'm high on is the trailblazers. And the reason why I like the trailblazers at, at a 41, uh, 41 win total and being over that trailblazers got uh Nurkic back. Uh, Nurkic was injured the entire year. And the best thing is they got rid of Hassan Whiteside. Anytime you can get rid of Hassan Whiteside, your team gets better. See the Miami Heat. <laughs> like Hassan Whiteside is one of the worst players in the NBA for as much talent as he has. It's just terrible teammate. But, you know, you, you play him because of uh, his talent. But, man, guy is just a pain uh, to deal with night after night where you, you don't know when he's actually motivated to show up and actually perform. So, uh, definitely love the Trailblazers, and I love... Uh, the Wizards in the East. Uh, so those are my two teams that no one's talking about that are teams that are going to make noise this year, in my opinion. So, again, it should be a wild NBA season. You know, the Houston situation is a complete disaster. No one knows anything. Uh, you know, anyone trying to say that they know how it's going to play out, I, I got news for you. They're lying. But uh, we're going to see how it goes. So, uh, you know, Try to make the most of the NBA this year. I would say, uh, by and large, the the best thing you can do is just play a season uh, best ball format. Just draft a bunch of players and see how it pans out. Uh, Or just do daily fantasy. Uh, Doing a season-long league, to me, I just just don't think it's anywhere remotely close to what you're going to like to see uh, from a a general standpoint. So that's uh, that's, uh, my take on the NBA uh this year but uh we'll see how it goes until next time folks uh enjoy and uh catch you around next time thanks for listening to the fantasy throwdown podcast be sure to like and subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts, google podcasts and all other major outlets Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.